Many times we need to keep our health in check, but don't know what questions to ask or where to begin. We walk in blindly to our health care provider and walk out none the wiser and maybe even more confused than before. Can you take charge of your health and arm yourself with the questions and preparedness you need? The answer is yes. Welcome to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. This program will answer your questions and give you the best practices for facing your medical partner in good health. Now, here's Dr. Susan Downs. Hello there. Welcome to Occupy Health. This is Dr. Susan. Here we want to look into information on health and how we can be proactive and be as healthy as we can. We wish to give you information about most things that are going on and what you can do to maintain your health. Tonight we have Albert Benavides. Um, He has a nickname, Welcome the Eagle. We'll find out what that's all about later. But his specialties, he spent over 25 years as a medical biller, an HMO claims auditor, revenue cycle management expert. So he's been running billing operations on the largest hospitals in the nation, and he knows how to manage and examine data. However, he's gotten the attention, uh, since uh, COVID came out, he's been very busily looking at the VAERS, the V-A-E-R-S data, which, uh, I understand, uh, has all information on any uh, negative aspects from vaccines. He's been doing this since day one of the COVID jab rollout. So let's see what he found out. So welcome, Albert. Uh, Tell us what you've been up to and why you've been up to it and what you found. Well, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Susan. I appreciate your time. Um, Yeah, so I, you know, I basically started uh, from day one of the vaccine rollout. Um, I was curious myself to see what, you know, what the, uh, how safe and effective the vaccine was going to be. And uh, I was familiar with bears being that I have um, uh, filled out and have been reimbursed for thousands of, va- of administrations of vaccines from uh, VAERS, all of my doctors. Of all, let's let the audience know what VAERS is. What does it stand for? Uh, that's the uh, Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. Okay. And uh, when it, uh, you know, when, when there's an adverse event, a side effect, um, the doctor, a, a physician or a healthcare professional can enter a report into that system and as well as a patient. That's why they call it a self-reporting. Um, usually you want to just enter one report, uh, whether it be by the uh, physician or healthcare professional um, or or the, the patient, and or, but not, not both at the same time. You don't want uh, duplicate reports going in, but, of course, they do have mechanisms to figure out um, duplicate reports, and they, they'll, they'll uh, remove a duplicate report. But um, so with that, um, you know, right away, unfortunately, right away, the numbers started to come in. You know, the, the adverse events started to come in, and at a very fast uh, pace and uh, a lot faster than all you know historically. So right away, um, you know these new um, vaccines. I'll I'll be polite and call them vaccines right now. Um, um, they you know they 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 were showing some signs. Um, 
uh, some flags, some warning signals uh, right away, for, for me, in my opinion. And um, so fast forward to a year and a half later, um, I've been following every week, and um, uh, with the increase in, in counting uh, the uh, the deaths and the permanent disabilities and all the different all the different data that's in there, um, I've been using my you know I created a little uh, social media channel on of course on BitChute and uh, uh, just to let you know the censorship uh, YouTube. I was just it kicked me off for just reporting what I saw in bears, and uh, just to let you know how that. You know, I've been kicked they, off of YouTube treat. as well. I know how it feels. <laughs> yeah, so I had it's to. It's a badge uh, of honor. We know, did had, something right. Yeah, I had to go find alternate sources, and I learned about BitChute, and I learned about Odyssey. Um, I learned about Rumble, for that matter. I don't even think I knew what Rumble was. Um, so all these, all these sites, and um, I basically give uh, weekly audits of the VAERS system, and I, I think what sets me apart from maybe some of the other people doing the exact same thing is that I just use my experience in the revenue cycle management space where I basically had to learn out of necessity um, uh, the Excel spreadsheet and data visualization um, tools and tricks. So visualizing the data via graphs and uh, other visualizations, uh, images, you know. Um, so I, I use my graphs to drill into the data, uh, you, you know, and I call them dashboards. They're called dashboards where, you, you know, you click on a filter and 10, dra 10 graphs, change simultaneously all at once so it's it's uh you know it's what ceos use to manage big companies and uh that's what i that was kind of my forte is to create these dashboards for ceos in big hospitals so um you know i've kind of done that and uh felt like i felt like i had to and had to stick with it because i, I didn't really see anybody else doing what I was doing, and I realized people that know how to do what I do don't have time to to kind of work pro bono, so to speak, and to, to do this kind of work. They're probably busy uh, running billing offices and uh, uh, billing departments, and so, in effect, getting paid you know, uh, not, to show, not to show you this kind of data. But, uh, so yeah, that's how I, how I started. And, um, you know, with, with that, uh, the, the numbers are just um, jaw-dropping. Jaw-droppingly sad is, is what I'll say. You know, the amount of adverse events, um, you know, starting with the deaths and the permanent disabilities, it's just very uh, scary. Um, you know, I, I went into it thinking... Um, you know, all benefit of the doubt. I was, I was curious. I'm like, well, you know, safe, you know, new technology, our mRNA, um, whatever. I was just thinking, um, well, I'm curious to see what would happen. And I was hoping I had my fingers crossed, hoping for, for positive results. Um, that's not, it's not what I'm seeing. It's not what I, what I've been seeing. So, 
Um, you know, now I'm just trying to say, hey, that you know, full informed consent. I'm trying to create. Um, you know, I've, I've created these public dashboards that people can use um, anywhere in the world. I think that's what's kind of helped get the word out, and that people can jump on their cell phone and see it, visualize the VAERS data, you know, as opposed to just um, reading the reports. It's, it's already cumbersome enough to navigate the CDC's website of the VAERS data. You know, a lot of people get lost right right there on on step one um, just how do you, how do you get the how do you get to the data um, so there's other websites that exist uh, like openbears.com I think highly of uh, metalerts.org uh, that one that's my favorite and um, you know and then of course my my um, interactive dashboard and I really feel that uh, my dashboard is or or something similar to it an interactive dashboard is the next evolution of of theirs uh, um, you know of, of consuming the bears data of full transparency so I do that because I believe. Is there transparency? Um, what are you finding? Is this uh, is what you're finding publicly known? Um, well, I mean, the data is in the public. If um, you know whether it's publicly known, no, I think for the most part, um, uh, the general public at large don't realize that there's uh, there's twenty nine thousand uh, recorded deaths in the VAERS system that, uh, you know, I have to put a disclaimer on that and uh, uh, to say that that doesn't mean that every single death was caused by the vaccine or it was causal or, um, but that, you know, just that there is that uh, um, that many reports in there of recorded recorded deaths. Uh, Some of these deaths happened um, as fast as 15 minutes. Uh, I think 80% of the deaths happen with, within the first 72 hours of the vaccine. You know, whether Wait a some minute. Of those I was told that it's not a vaccine death until two weeks after the last shot because the vaccines haven't taken place yet. So is that true that it's not counted as a vaccine death until two weeks after the last shot? Well, I don't think that at least in the reports that I see and and I realize that um, like it, when they pass away in the hospital or when they the patient even comes in and says oh I, I'm feeling sick I think I'm you know maybe it's the maybe it was the vaccine um, you know one of the first protocols when you walk in that hospital is to get a PCR test and then lo and behold the PCR test shows that it's positive. And then, and then, uh, yeah. So sure, there's a lot of there's a ton of reports in there that whether they're death or even permanent disability or life threatening or hospitalization, and on the symptoms, on the diagnosis, it says it's COVID positive. And the only way it it actually um, says positive after 14 days, it, it they you know they have to classify it as as uh, vaccine failure. So, right, that's the 14 days, as they say, that it takes to kick in. And, you 
know, if you catch COVID uh, 14 days after you get injected, um, that's in effect by the true definition is a vaccine failure. They call it vaccine failure in the VAR system. Um, so that's kind of subjective um, or, or objective in the sense that uh, I see a lot of deaths, but it does say that they're uh, that it's COVID, you know, COVID positive, like like the tested them and and it could be a death in the same day within 24 hours and they have covid positive and it's like oh i don't okay, understand so I the significance I'm... of covid positive does that mean is that positive uh test from the vaccine itself or from having covid or from both well see that that's that's the, the i mean that's the philosophical debate and the philosophical question that the whole world has that's the that's exactly the chicken and the egg uh, debate right there. Um, what, what, you know, you, depending on who you ask, if you ask me, I think it was the vaccine. But if you ask somebody else, they will say that, well, um, the person must have had, must have caught COVID, uh, must have been already infected and incubated. And then while it was, they already caught it incubated, the person went and got uh, vaxxed and didn't know he was incubated but then died 24 hours after he got the vax. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the protocols is to swab the, the person or swab the body or swab, you know, get, get the PCR test. And the PCR test says positive. So I'm just um, trying to find I'm, out, can a person test positive just from the result of having the vaccine if they had not been in contact with COVID itself? Or we don't know. Dr. Susan, that's a good that's a good question. I think officially, officially on mainstream media, or you know, officially, it they say you can't that the, the it doesn't do that. Um, however, well, it I mean, probably I've, doesn't I've actually, matter if you test positive COVID or not. Uh, you're you're looking at what uh, what what happens to people that have the shot. So what, there could be an association. I mean, but then you've got to figure out. What are you know? What are these events due to? I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of people can die with or without the vaccine. So you'd have to look at the differences in the deaths from um, previous years. So I mean, yes. So what yes. what are your conclusions? I mean, from deaths and side effects. Well, you know, I think that um, you know, for whatever whatever's causing these. Uh, you know, this all-cause mortality to increase, be it from the virus or be it from the jab itself. Um, uh, <laughs> they, um, it's it's counting. It's it's increasing the numbers on the stat sheet. It's going because of that 14-day window of opportunity where they say, "Well, that it's not a," you know, it, it's. It's a COVID virus, but if you've gotten if you've gotten vaxxed and then 14 days later you die of COVID, that's that's a that's a vaccine failure for one. Well, let so me try to clarify a- something for the audience. What I've heard is that let's say you definitely have a reaction to the vaccine, and it's and, and let's say that there's some wizard somewhere that knows that that absolutely happened. My understanding is it will not be 
listed as anything connected to the vaccine because they do not consider you vaccinated until two weeks after your last shot. So if there is a way to know what's causing what, uh, with that definition, they might really underestimate what's going on because if you have a reaction and die uh, 15 minutes after the shot, that's not related to the shot because you've got to wait two weeks. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, that sound that sounds correct as far as you know on paper. But when I when I say that I can find 300 deaths that died within uh, uh, not even less than 24 hours, I'm trying to find like six hours, six hours from the shot, and then you die. You know, I don't care what kind of formula you you know uh, makes makes the the the, the story fit. Um, that doesn't uh, bode well uh, to say that, uh, you know, that it's not the shot. Oh, I agree um, with you. If it's, I mean, it's, I mean, we're dealing in probability since we don't know, but it certainly increases the probability it's related to the shot. So how many deaths within, I mean, uh, with it six hours a day or whatever parameters you're measuring, how many deaths are there? Uh, well, there's uh, twenty. There's twenty-eight thousand nine hundred and ninety-six deaths total. Uh, but the uh, looking at it um, in terms of uh, from vaccination date to death date, um, I believe it's something like eighty percent. Eighty percent of all deaths are happening within the seventy-two hour window of the vaccine. So. Wow, um, and they'll say 80, that's not 80, related 80. to the vaccine. That's wonderful. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That's interesting. Um, um, yeah, yeah I mean, it does increase the probability that something's not right. And, you know, I understand in the past when they're experimenting with vaccines, like they did one within the last decade or so, and when they had 50 deaths from the that they thought could be related to the vaccine, they pulled the vaccine. Do do the do the, right. do the people making decisions realize that they had twenty nine thousand deaths, eighty percent within I don't know what period, a short period of time from the vaccine? Do they realize this? I mean, yeah. if they pulled yeah. a vaccine yeah. in the past for fifty deaths, what's going on here? Yeah, well, you know, you would think you would think they would. This is their this is their. Um, area of expertise, right? <laughs> uh, not the general public's area of expertise, but I guess the um, uh, the risk versus reward um, um, debate or philosophy and the amount of people being uh, uh, vaxxed, being jabbed. Um, however, however, um, one thing that I noticed in the COVID jabs in bears is always like a one-liner, a one-line item, as opposed to where I look at the childhood events. I'll look in there and I'll see like they have like, they get like cocktails. They have like three line items, you know, yeah. so they, they get, you know, they get in one sitting in one office visit, they get like three different vaxes. So when you count it by doses it's very comparable it's like there's you know we're not getting everybody goes in and, and gets like one jab and then uh you know three weeks later the second jab or now the boosters right but it's like a one you know one at a time thing these kids i didn't realize these kids 
you know, no wonder that it's like 72 shots, the, the, vac- the childhood vaccine schedule. Well, that means that when these kids are going in for, for their shots, they're getting multiple shots in one city. And it bears out that way when you're reading the reports for at least at least the childhood vaccines. Well, um, you were talking about cost versus benefit. Uh, there was a guy named Scott, I forget his last name, but he was saying that the vaccine only provides benefits for Omicron for one month and for the other um, variants for four months, and it does not stop the vaccinated person from transmitting to others. So I wonder about the benefits. Also, people are saying for people under 30, the probability of surviving COVID is 99.99. And I've heard mm-hmm. somebody's pushed that for even older ages for a close number, but little less. So what mm-hmm. are the benefits? I mean, I'm wondering about the benefits versus the costs. I'm kind of puzzled by this. Yeah. Well, I think I think a lot of people are starting to ask that same question. Whatever benefit there is, that benefit seems to wear off. It does not seem to be um, like Peter, like Dr. McCullough, uh, long and durable and robust. It's not very robust. It sounds like uh, it wears off. Um, and so, you know, the word immunity now has seems to have taken on a different uh, connotation. This I don't understand at all, because in every virology book I looked at, uh, natural immunity, you get the disease and your antibodies, and that's the gold standard. But this is a strange virus, because this is the first time that, you know, it's it's totally different. Also, a virus, typically, the natural progression is it becomes more contagious, but less variable. That's just with every other virus. This one is so unique that it defies any past history on viruses. Uh, well, that's what they say. That's what they say. Uh, you know, I, I understand the. Um, you know, I, I understand it how the virus, you know, can burn up or burn down. Very rare that a virus burns up, meaning I guess more um, virulent. And more, uh, you know, there's, I guess there's one thing to be transmissible, but another thing to be, uh, um, uh, you know, like, like more, uh, what do you call it, more deadly, I guess. Um, it's kind of like so, if we just look at what's going on, it just sounds like it's kind of blended into the background like a flu. I mean, I'm not seeing any evidence that the coronavirus is, you know, a different pattern than other viruses. Okay, so you found deaths. Um, did you find mm-hmm. any other side effects? What other is there anything else you found from your data that you can oh. share? Oh, yeah, of course. And I've done um, uh, analysis for uh, for Steve Kirsch. Um, he he uh, found me and <laughs> asked me to do some analysis every now and then. Um, he gives me calls, uh, uh, you, you know, every so often, ask me to take a look at, you know, if I can do an analysis on the on the uh, symptoms or diagnoses, and uh, that was the last big one that I did for him, and I, uh, you know, made it into, or at least my work made it into as a big uh, elephant in the room uh, presentation, um, but uh, the bottom line is that it seems to be like a, 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 an attack on everything that is fertility. 
meaning like all this menstruation stuff is that one. Um, you know how Steve Kirsch likes to do the the um, the, the X factor uh, or how many times over baseline. Um, you know, the increase in every, in all the, uh, symptoms that had to do with, uh, menstruation and I just generally call it all the fertility stuff is just, is the, is the biggest change of all, of all. And I did an analysis for all, um, 15,000 uh, different uh, symptoms that are there in, in, uh, in bears uh, currently. It's interesting because um, there's a Japanese study because people would say that the, whatever it is, it goes in your muscles and stays there, but they found that it fairly quickly goes to the ovaries and other people say it's going to the testes as well. So that, that Japanese study seems to support what you're saying. But so mm-hmm. what are the numbers here? I mean, what percentage and, you know, how big is this change? Oh, the, these were in the, uh, the thousand percent increase, um, like uh, the, the heavy okay. menstrual the heavy menstruation, yeah. So it was it was very significant, very significant. Where I would basically do um, uh, not only kind of a relative percentage increase, like oh, this is uh, six hundred times over baseline. Um, I would actually show the absolute counts. It's like okay, for for one year of COVID, there was uh, you know five thousand heavy menstruation menstruation diagnoses that so it can in effect say that's 5,000 people recorded this diagnosis and then I measured it against the last 29 years of the bears and I said you know you look at just how, how many times this diagnosis popped up over 29 years and you know it only popped up a couple hundred times so there you go it's like and how do you know if that's due to COVID or the vaccine oh well no, I, I, I don't. Those 29 years is just that particular symptom, whatever that symptom would be, like maybe chest pain or uh, or myocarditis or something like that. I'd measure how many times, how many people are recorded in bears for one year of, co- of these COVID shots, 2021, because that's a complete year from January to December. How many people have myocarditis versus how many people got a symptom of myocarditis over 29 years? Well, what's the percentage of myocarditis? Because that's been in the news, uh, acknowledging it. A lot of athletes seem to, a large number of athletes that seem to have heart problems or die, and they're healthy. Yeah, yeah. Well, the uh, I don't have the, the absolute numbers on me, but I do have the, I mean, I the, the, these were the types of graphs that I have given to Steve, and then Steve has, has published them, and um, I do have the, the JPEGs, um, and uh, that, that's something that, you know, at the at the end of this, I'd, I'd, like, I'd love to give you a, a link to a shareable folder where I have my, my graphs, my spreadsheets, my dashboards, all that type of data that, uh, you know, as, as my backup for what I'm saying. Well, what, what other things um, have you found? So I think it's, uh, it's, published and acknowledged that there's an increase in myocarditis. Um, there's talks yeah. about clots. There's talks about, mm-hmm. you know, immunity deteriorating. Um, so what mm-hmm. have you found that you've analyzed that seems pretty solid? Uh-huh. So so um, I am measuring 
uh, the, the, um, call them the lag times. Like I'm seeing, I'm seeing uh, the Bears system. They say that they have up to four to six weeks uh, to, to publish uh, a report. You know, uh, you know, but nothing's going to happen to them if they're over. You know, if it takes if it takes longer than six weeks, they actually receive a claim and then they supposedly rigorously uh, vet and authenticate that the claim is not a duplicate and that it is not a false report. Now, granted, sure, they actually report. Um, publish, make it public within, sometimes very fast, within within the week, uh, within seven days, uh, that they can turn around and, and make a report public, even a death. Right? They didn't they didn't rigorously check, you know, use their uh, up to four to six weeks um, to make sure. Um, however, there are a lot of reports that go well beyond the four to six weeks. To the point where, as an example, um, last uh, last Friday, when we got the new data, there was a death in there. They presented to us as, as a new death, as a part of this. There's how many new deaths. When you look at the back state and the death state, that the person died 14 months ago. But we are just n- knowing about it now, on Friday. The person died 14 months ago. You ask yourself, where has this been? Where has this report been? And um, I mean, according to theirs, they they didn't they received it, uh, you know, uh, quickly. This this one, this particular one, they received it quickly, like like a couple of weeks ago, and then they reported it. Um, so so somebody somebody else held on to it, and the report said that the person died in a hospice. So. Those people should have been obligated to report that that claim. Okay, granted, you know it's that that one. But with that, that's a good example. I've seen um, hundreds, hundreds, thousands, thousands, um, and I have it that that they received the claim and it had been basically in process for over a year before they reported it to us, before they made it public. That that's what I'm saying. Is they, I guess that would be the, uh, you know, people are saying, you know, the lag, uh, inventory, they're behind, uh, except I, that wears thin on me that they, they're behind and they're, they're processing amount because the uptake in general, generally for the last, you know, how many months has been very meager. There hasn't been, you know, I, I follow the, the CDC's tracker data daily, you know, the update tracker, the uh, VAX tracker. Um, and average right now, and for quite a while, it's only been like uh, like 300,000, 400,000 people nationally every day that, get, that are getting um, a jab. Uh, you know, at this point, it's basically a booster. You know, getting there, getting this booster, that booster, whatever. Um, every time they lower the age, there's a slight uptick, a surge. For the most part, it's very, very. Uh, the numbers are super low. I, I think people are, for whatever reasons, they're 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 not getting, they're not following up, getting their uh, staying current with their boosters. 
Um, okay, so you're saying so that, that people aren't getting the boosters um, as re- re- you know as enthusiastically as they got the other shots. I mean, does that mean people are not coming in for boosters? What is it you're saying? Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think that's what I'm saying. People are not coming in for their boosters. It okay. it, it has to be that way because at the height at the height of it when there was uh, more more demand than supply the the numbers were just increasing all the way up to uh, at one point the high point in uh April 1st was the actual high point of 2021 according to CDC's back tracker uh more than uh four and a half million people were a day that that was wow. like, just like that was the tip that was the tip and then and then it and then it comes down like a mountain you know that was the the very peak and then after that it just started to go down 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 all the way to like almost nothing. <laughs> it's like very to a hundred, you know, like so right now. Is a few the data hundred thousand. they have um, reliable? Because I understand on the Stu Peters show, you said something about data being deleted. Oh, yes, yes. Now that's that's a whole nother thing, um, and that's why I I got you know I got on the show um, uh, that was seven weeks ago. And I got on the show because they all of a sudden, and we and weekly they they delete reports. Uh, usually a couple hundred, a few hundred reports. Three in the three hundred uh, reports that they would delete weekly, they would give us you know ten thousand new reports, fifteen thousand, twenty thousand. Now it's been you know around the ten thousand new reports each week in bears, but simultaneously they would delete a couple hundred of them. Those ones, they don't give an explanation, okay? But you have to look at them. I know which ones they were because they were there a week before, and so do you know hundreds of other grizzled bears, citizen bears analysis people. And uh, and but you have to assume that the the only um, you know the reason that they delete them are for duplicates and false claims. That's what they tell us in the fine print. Now, granted, they have four to six weeks to do that to make the sausage and to say, "Oh, this is a duplicate. Let's not, let's not. Um, we're not going to report this, so nobody knows the difference, right? Nor should we have to, right? It's, it's a duplicate. Okay, don't you know? You don't report it, but to to make it public and then retrospectively have to go and delete it and go, oh, well, we 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 actually found that it was a duplicate because because if it's not a duplicate, then it's a false report, and uh, uh, you know, with with that, when I search for the duplicate twin, I can I can only find the duplicate twin maybe ten percent of the time, and I've spot checked around two thousand claims myself. And um, uh, when when their deaths, I look at the deaths closely. There's there are times. Where it says the one that they deleted in the in the actual write up that it was it was submitted by first a contactable physician that the physician the person who filled it out was a physician just for starters and that he can be contacted if needed. Okay, so that's uh, point A. Uh, point B is that um, the deletion 
the person, as an example, would be like a 38-year-old female from Delaware vaxxed in May on a certain date and died on a certain date. Well, surely that's very unique, very distinct. Okay, I, so I go in and say uh, uh, to, to the VAERS system and say, let me find, I surely I could find that other, the, the twin duplicate of the 38 that, that would exist. And I cannot find, many times I cannot find even even a 38-year-old that even died, a female that even died in Delaware, period. doesn't matter what day or what month or anything. So there are, so there are certain ones like that where I could point and say, look, tell me about this one because I can't even find the, the same gender and the same age that even died in that state, yet you've deleted one just like it. So... You know, it's it's a mystery. It's a mystery. So, how many um, such deletions? What you know? Did you find? Okay, so now you're now you're talking my my cup of tea. So, in the uh, in the last nine weeks, there's been mass deletions galore, and each week they've been deleting basically twelve hundred, fifteen hundred, seventeen hundred claims a week. And so now over these these last nine weeks, they've deleted 12,502 deletions. They're all COVID-19 um, jabs. Well, and what were these people 12, that died or people had a small side effect? What, what, what categories did these deletions fall into? 106 of them were deaths. Uh, um a thousand and eighty-five are classified as serious cases, which would mean, um, per med alerts, the serious would be life-threatening, permanent disability, um, hospitalization, and then the uh, the minor, what they call the minor cases, eleven thousand three hundred and twelve are not so minor because they also include the emergency visit cases. So. Um, you know, that, that's just a, a kind of a bird's eye, uh, observation. I do have my, you know, my, my, um, I put it in my, in my, uh, my dashboard and I can get down to ages and the exact categories, but, but Dr. Susan, that's, that was just the last nine months. Okay. The year and a, in the year and a half or up to 19,500. Uh, total total report deletions, 559 of those have been deaths. Wow. Um, 1,073 have been permanent disabilities. Now, um, isn't it also uh, the, the effects might be underestimated? Because I've heard making a report to VAERS is very cumbersome, especially for the doctors who are <clears throat> busy seeing patients at a rapid pace. So is it easy to make a VAERS report? Um, no, it isn't, and I have personal experience because I filed I, I filed um, a report on my uncle's behalf, who um, he's still alive, thank God, but he uh, got a stroke 30 days after his second Moderna back in uh, May the 1st of 2021, and uh, I I videotaped myself doing it because. I was already, you know, I was, I was, I was looking for somebody. I was actually asking people through my videos, "Can I help you fill out your 
your report. If you need help, I, I, I want to video somebody. And lo and behold, the la- I mean, I never thought that it would be my one of my own family members. So it was my uncle. So, you know, I filled out his report. And uh, it's, you know, it's, and I'm, and I'm a computer guy. And it was kind of difficult and cumbersome. Um, I realized that, you know, if I could help anybody out, and I, and I have what I think, I haven't been able to find another video that's actual, like a live submission. It's me doing a live submission, you know. And so, so I would also like you to look person. up for my film partner because he had to get the jab or he's going to lose his his job. So he got it, and then within a few days, ended up in the hospital. His kidney shut down. He almost died. And then a couple weeks later, he got a clot in his heart, so had a heart attack. Um, I'll give you his name later and maybe find out the dates. I'm curious if he's in there. Oh yeah. Yeah. I could, I could definitely find, you know, cause it, the, 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 I, the data is de identified, right? So it I know the city a, and I know I can find the date. So we'll check with that. Right. So um, all of the dates. It, now, so yeah, some people be have been postulating that different batches have different things in them. Are you finding out different things via the batches, and are some batches of uh, vaccines worse than others? Yes, yes, and yes. Um, so I've been I've been very involved in doing um, basically uh, I call them hot lots, call them toxic batches, call them. <laughs> Whatever you want to call them, based on based on uh, you know analysis, based on the best data that we have, which is the the batch number or the lot number on on the vials. Um, it's you know it's not it's not exact exact science, but it's the best we can do. And with that being said, um, when you sync that up to um, uh, and and as you know that. Um, you might know uh, that it's not county. You can't get down to the county level. You can get down to the state level for sure, but like in California where I live, um, you know, you can't look at, in bears at the county or even with the city for that matter. So at the state level, you see, oh, my gosh, you know, for the longest while, Kentucky, out of all states, Kentucky, I mean, in was the the absolute number one had the most deaths the state of Kentucky more than Texas more than New York more than California and Kentucky is not is like a fraction of the size of New York and California and Texas and Florida for that matter so uh you 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 start to wonder you start to look you start to analyze going what is going on with Kentucky Right, and people might say. I mean, Steve Kirsch told me when I was, you know, telling him about this. Um, I said, "What do you, you know, uh, that it was a socioeconomic thing?" And uh, you know, I, you know, what could I say? I'm just a bean counter, but I, I, I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe that. Uh, something else had to happen. Um, you know, especially when some of these, a lot of these uh, vaccines, as you know, by lot number. Um, they get passed around to multiple states, you know. So, so if you see like a lot number that's affecting one state, 
like Kentucky, you would say, oh, let me see this same lot number in the next, you know, what other state did it go to? Oh, it went to Nevada. Well, surely they would, you know, Nevada would have the same type of uh, uh, statistics for that particular lot. And and a lot of times it doesn't bear out that way, which is very confusing. So uh, a Um, lot number could have different effects in a different state. So it's not only the lot number, there's something else. It uh, just could be other confounding factors going on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Team Enigma, uh, Miss Sa- Sasha Latipova, give her uh, much credit, who's uh, explained the possibilities. And even Steve Kirsch told me personally, he's like, well, maybe, because uh, this, this stuff seems to be so delicate and needs to be, like, frozen and sub-zero, depending on which which you know, if it's Moderna, Pfizer, all that, but even like shaking it up, you know, you're not supposed to shake it like a, like a a bottle of OJ of orange juice when you drink, you know, when you're getting ready to drink your orange juice and you shake it up, you're not supposed to do that. Um, And uh, Sasha Latipova from Team Enigma, who uh, Jane Ruby uh, interviews a lot, you know, explained like when you stick the the needle, the syringe into the vial, um, it makes a difference whether you stick that needle all the way to the bottom. Is is the needle sucking the juice from the bottom of the bottle or from the top of the bottle? Because that could make a difference, especially when you're not supposed to, like, shake this thing up. Well, I think the so most important thing is to know the costs and benefits of these um, th- this form of treatment. Um, you know, what are the benefits and the studies are coming out and uh, what you've got access to or what are the risks. So what are your general conclusions about the risk of taking the vaccine? I, it might de- obviously depends which one, but what, what are you finding? You've mentioned... Uh, re- menstrual flow, you've referred to myocarditis, yeah. you've referred to the worst outcome, death. What are the things you're finding and what are your conclusions? Um, <laughs> uh, Dr. Susan, my conclusion, and I'm not a doctor, but I'm you know, 25 years in revenue cycle management expert. I'm a bean counter and I've been counting these beans and I am frightened. I would not recommend I would not recommend any of these jabs to anybody on any age at no matter how uh what kind of comorbidities you have as if as if to say uh if you got if you got more comorbidities you should be the one to really get the jab. No. You're it's just like the same thing as like the virus, you know. You're if you have comorbidity and you catch the virus, you're more susceptible to die. It's almost equal, in my opinion. It's almost equal. If you're if you're not as healthy as an ox, as strong as a horse, and you get this shot, you know it's risky. It's risky both ways. And and uh, you, we we can see like all these soccer players, these top notch physical athletes that are dying on the field, maybe coincidentally. But the point being is that even these healthy people, now maybe, you know, they're, you know, they're running around and their blood is just pumping through their veins, and that has something to do with it. But, um, you know, I just, me personally, me and mine, we, you know, I'm so glad that we waited. But now, for sure, I'm for sure waiting. And what's more, I'm waiting on all vaccines, not just this one. Because I, I was not anti, I was not anti-vax. I was just, I wasn't even anti-this vax. I was just like, hey, wait and see, you know, wait and see. Um, uh, 
you know, and now, now it's it's just like at this point, with all you know, more information coming out, I'm I'm not so sure of the rest of the vaxes. Yeah, you know, I just and, don't and understand if the you know if so these things are happening and they have the data, why are they pushing it on children who have a ninety nine point nine nine percent chance of survival? And as you rightly point out. Uh, you know, when they get 72 vaccines by the time they're 18 and you get two or three vaccines at once, uh, you know, they're probably synergistic mm-hmm. in uh, creating challenges for the body. I, I just don't get why are they pushing this? Why are we still in an emergency situation? Well, why? Yeah, well, why I are mean, losing I mean, their jobs why over this? Is the, I mean, I could tell you, I could tell you the, the official, the official, what we're, what we're, you know what we have to we're forced to accept the why is because of asymptomatic spread and that little junior can asymptomatically spread it to to grandma to grandma gertrude and get her sick that's has science, the why uh, has science uh, come up with any conclusions on that uh uh, you know, that, well, I, I keep hearing that asymptomatic spread, the more and more that it doesn't, it, you know, it, that's debatable. Asymptomatic spread. I mean, I, I don't believe it, but I'm not a doctor. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and when, when I hear of other doctors saying that, uh, you know, asymptomatic spread is, is not, you know, even Dr. Fauci in the beginning, he said, is not the driver of pandemics, asymptomatics. You know, maybe maybe it exists, but it was rare. It is rare, and it is not the drivers. He said that in November of 2020, but maybe this this virus is so radically different that it, 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 there is asymptomatic spread, and it is the driver of this pandemic. Um, but, the, you know, like I said, Dr. Susan, the official narrative that we're forced to accept or need to accept to to continue to get our boosters is that the, the for, for the kids to to vax the kids is because we believe um, if I mean if you believe I don't believe it but the, the the parents that are getting their kids vaxxed, they must believe that little junior can asymptomatically spread spread it to grandma or to, you know to somebody wow. else wow. and that's why that's why they vax the kids. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I, I think the other thing is very sad. These like cartoons that are geared to kids, like, like, oh, if you get a, if you get a shot, you'll be like Superman. And then maybe the kids go, "Mommy, mommy, I want a shot. I want to be like Superman." That is sad. That is very sad. That's not. That's not fair. That's not right. Yeah, how much um, money are we to, spending on advertising for this? I mean, I mean, it's just so much money spent, and I mean, I, it, 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 I just, I don't know, I just don't know. Yeah, no, no, no. That's uh, I don't know what that what that's coercion. I coercion is what that's called when you offer uh, when you offer uh, gift cards to get a jab. When you well, offer, what gets like, me is perks. the donuts. I'll go for a donut any day. Perks, yeah, perks and incentives to get the jab. Um, yeah, I mean, it just shows you, uh, you know. I mean, I really wish, I really wish they wouldn't do it that way for for medical. I mean, this is medical. This is this is health. You know, you should be able to make your own decisions. But it but doesn't then, seem that, that people that, are getting full uh, consent. 
I mean, the, the vaccine, there's no vaccine that they're handing out, that they're mandating on us that um, has been approved by the FDA. And are people giving real consent? It doesn't sound like, uh, are, they, are they pointing out the VAERS data? We've got three minutes left, so I'd like you to um, come to any final conclusions. Are you running into any problems with censorship, which seems to be big nowadays? Um, uh, just any final concluding thoughts? Thank you, Dr. Susan. And yes, censorship every single day. I'm on a I'm on a six day uh, Twitter jail uh, right now as we speak. Um, you know, uh, Facebook and and uh, YouTube is non-existent. I cannot post there. Um, but with that being said, you know, I have my have my still trying to get my videos out there uh one thing i want i do want to say is that i've been looking at the the deleted reports since that's going to be a big story because i you know it's it's the ninth week in a row and those numbers are are getting astounding and um so i looked at the all the way back in the meddlers like the historical data and there was this is not the first time that they've done a mass purge they've done a mass purge in 2009 and in that mass purge, there is 88 polio vaccines uh, that, that people died of, of the polio reports that they deleted. And, you know, when deaths meant something, and I asked Dr. McCullough personally on a, over a Zoom call, did you, did you realize that they deleted these 88 reports? I mean, this, that would be a game changer when you're saying um, at 25 reports, uh, 25 deaths or 50 deaths. We'll pull. We'll pull the product. And while I while I have 88 that they deleted all, just in one drop, like in one week. Well, interesting um, that, that you bring up Dr. McCullough and censorship. Apparently, the, the AMA is trying to take away his license because he's publicly speaking in many different places on what he believes from his experience treating and looking at research papers. I understand Senator Ron Johnson is it wants this debate out in the open, but that all the experts, you know, in, in, in the government, nobody has come to the table to discuss the science, and it's the same as for Canada. So I hope from that right. that there is an open discussion of the science because, um, right. I don't know, this just seems a little strange to me. Well, do you want to right. tell people how to get a hold of your data and your interactive dashboard and stuff? Could you just put that out? Yes. There? Yes, and and uh, my name, uh, you know, my uh, alter ego name is Welcome the Eagle. It's all one word, Welcome the Eagle, and you can use your favorite uh, search engine or browser um, to search Welcome the Eagle. But I'm on BitChute and Odyssey and Rumble, and uh, and uh, I have channels. You can find me. You can find me on Twitter, on Gab, on um, on Getter. Uh, just start with the Google search of Welcome the Eagle, all, all one word, all together, Welcome the Eagle, or Welcome the Eagle 88 with the, with the numbers, but I got it either or. So what's the, the it sounds like the eagle has landed, but what's the significance of choosing the eagle? Because it soars? <laughs> no, it's because, uh, it's because my mom's maiden name, so that would make it my second name, is, oh. is a, Hispanic, a Spanish name, Aguilar, Aguila. Aguilar is eagle's layer. Um, so Aguila means that's Spanish for eagle. So there's the eagle. And welcome is my father's last name. Uh, uh, my last name is Benavides. Uh, 
And Benavides looks very similar to like when you go to Mexico and it says Bienvenidos. Yeah, you know, and French stupid Bienvenidos. Anyway, it sounds like the eagle has landed and he's got a lot more soaring and data, which I hope he can <laughs> share with us. And if you're interested, folks, you can go to his information under Welcome the Ego on various sites uh, that are a little more resistance to censoring at this time. So, I mean, this is just, you know, information. Um, you need to have both sides of the story or, you know, what's best for each of us, uh, protection against uh, a particular ailment or, you know, another kind of protection against an ailment. It's just important the information get out there. So do your own research, folks. Discuss it with your doctor. Discuss any decision with your doctor. And above all, be well. Thank you for listening. Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Here's to better health for you this week. We